0: Come next here on the Brandon's World Podcast. Brandon sits down with friend of the show, Matt Hathaway. The duo talks all things Pittsburgh sports, the NFL as a whole, the college football playoff, and the MLB lockout. The Brandon's World Podcast starts now. Oh, right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to of all ages, you are listening live here to the Brandon's World Podcast. It's Uday. For the first time ever, I am bringing on a man who has supported me throughout my whole entire professional career, whether that would be at Points Score Radio or right here on the Brand World Podcast. My man, Matt Hathaway. Matt, welcome to the podcast, my man.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Brandon.
0: Hey, it's it's been terrific. Well, listen, you know, um, I do not want to start you off on a bad foot, so. Let me just say we are pre-recording this here on a Saturday afternoon. And I appreciate you. I, I know that the Army Navy game is today. You know, we thank you first of all for, for all of your services as well as go army today, man.
1: Yeah, go army.
0: All right. Well, you know, now that we got that out of the way, let's talk some football because there's a lot going on, obviously. You know, it's this time of the year, right? It's December, it's starting to get a little bit colder outside. Football matters more. And your team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they played a game Thursday night against the Minnesota Vikings, a game that, for all intents and purposes, I think you know most people probably outside of Pittsburgh and thought it was over at 29 and nothing with only two minutes left in the third quarter. Steelers were able to rally and make that a ball game. Um, but, you know, from your perspective as a Steelers fan, how do you feel about your team this year?
1: Um, they're very schizophrenic. It's one week they'll look okay. <clears throat> excuse me. And the next week they look terrible. I mean, it's, it's one thing to get beat just cause you're outmanned, but the stuff that went on in that game the other night, I mean, the team's getting smoked, 29 to seven, they get a pick, all the defense runs down for the, the photo op at the end zone. I mean, that was, That was a little much. Um, Claypool at the end, his antics, he can never just catch the ball and just go back to the huddle. I mean, that stuff's frustrating. Um, To me, if Jack Lambert back in the day wouldn't do something, they shouldn't be doing it now. I mean, I'm not saying don't have fun, but but when you're getting smoked, you can't be doing that stuff.
0: You know, it, it it made me think back to a guy like a coach, Belichick, in New England. You know, I if Claypool does that, I mean, I don't know. Belichick might have cut him the next day. You know, right. I mean, he he's an amazing talent. He's a very good wide receiver. But does it feel like to you, because it feels like to me a little bit, you know, not being a Steelers fan, a little bit outside of that organization, or little bit. Pittsburgh is not as buttoned up. They're not as – tight as what they used to be even just a couple years ago
1: right and uh coach tomlin i guess he's known as a player friendly coach but i would i can't stand some of the stuff going on just like you said they're not buttoned up uh just like lack of self-awareness like when you're getting smoked man just put your head down and go back to the huddle
0: yeah, I mean, and so that was, you know, one of the other questions I want to ask you is about Mike Tomlin, because I, you know, I found this a very interesting question that somebody asked me probably a couple weeks ago. And they said, you know, what do you think of Mike Tomlin? Because for, for all of the Steelers' success since he's been there, you know, they have been to two Bowls, but he's really only won one. Is there a sense in Pittsburgh that Tomlin has a little bit underachieved I guess you could say as the head coach being that you guys have only won that one Super Bowl and that was what 12 years ago now 13 years ago um
1: I don't know about underachieved because he's never had a losing season I mean there aren't many coaches that can say that and be there 15 years but I mean I see the point it does seem like a little bit of underachieving but if you just take a step back and look at it two Super Bowls in 15 years a lot of teams would love to have that stat, but it's frustrating to have all the talent
0: and not win more. What in in your eyes do you see with, with the Stewards this year? Because I think from, from my outside perspective, I think they banked a lot on the defensive side of the football. Obviously, we know the offensive line is really young. Obviously, we know they changed up the entire offensive line this year. I think Najee Harris, they're trying to get back to running the football, but I really don't know this year what Pittsburgh's identity is.
1: I don't I don't know. I think they tried to make it, you know, one last ride for Ben, but I don't think they have the horses to do anything like that. Like, they'll look good in spurts, mm-hmm. but, man, that offensive line, geez, there was guys coming free, and you have three Steelers just standing there with nobody in front of them. I mean, there's pictures all over Twitter with that. I don't know what their identity is. It's just inconsistency, I guess.
0: So from a Steelers fan perspective, what are your guys' perspective now on the Browns as opposed to a, a couple of years ago? Did you guys feel like going into the year, the Browns slash the Ravens were your biggest threat in the AFC?
1: I really thought the Browns were more of a threat, um, especially after... You know, after the year we had against them last year, you know, they they take the, the season finale from us. Then they win a playoff game against us. <clears throat> I really thought that it would be the Browns kind of taking the division, maybe the Browns and maybe the Ravens. Uh, I always thought the Browns were more of a threat.
0: Yeah, and so now, you know, when you take a look at this division now, obviously Cincinnati came in. I mean, they absolutely destroyed you guys twice, but then they get destroyed by the Browns. You know, this division, obviously, everybody's within a game of each other. But from a Steelers perspective, when you watch, you know, this great quarterback in Cincinnati, like a Joe Burrow, when you watch the great quarterback in Baltimore in Lamar Jackson, is there a sense of, like, Hey, in Pittsburgh, like this needs to be Ben's last year. Like, we need to go get a young at whether it be Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh or somebody else.
1: Oh, I agree. They need to get, they have to do something. They have to keep up or they're going to get left behind even more than they are now. I mean, Burrow, he's not going anywhere. Uh, Lamar Jackson's not going anywhere. And you're just going to keep getting beat up in the division
0: so from your perspective this year if if you were to say if you were to give me a surprise like in in a good way team a team that maybe you expected to not be as good this year in the national football league and they have taken off and then on the opposite of that if there was a team that you would say man I really thought this team would be a good team this year but they have kind of plummeted and they've sinking more towards the bottom what would you say to that um I would say
1: Arizona I didn't think Arizona would be as dominant as they are. I mean, I knew they were good, Mm -hmm. but boy, they put it together quick and uh, they really hit the ground running. Uh, A team that kind of fell off a cliff, boy, I would say the Steelers. I I expected them, even if you lose, it would look better. You know, they're, I mean, they're just getting destroyed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there was that stat that they put up on the screen on, on Thursday Night Football, like in the first 230 or something games under Mike Tomlin. They didn't allow a 100-yard rusher in the first half. And over the last three weeks, it happened twice. Obviously, Joe Mixon in the second game with Cincinnati and then Dalvin Cook. So I guess my biggest shock with Pittsburgh this year was your, your run defense. The Steelers have always been predicated on stopping the run. And like you know that stat just said, you know, it's like you guys are getting gashed on the ground. Um, and I completely agree with you, by the way, about Arizona as well. I thought they would be good. I didn't know they'd be this good. Oh, also uh, New England. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to ignore
1: what the, the coaching job in New England right now. I mean, they got Mac Jones second year and look at what they're doing, especially uh-huh. the job he did the other night in all that weather. I mean, the that's ball.
0: unbelievable. They only throw the ball three times and they end up winning that football game. The thing to me about about New England, and I'll transition this into my next question. Um, and that's about, you know, who you think could potentially reap the Super Bowl this year as we wrap up the NFL portion of this podcast. Um, I still think Kansas City is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. I would not count out Buffalo in the AFC. I think anyone of you know of Baltimore potentially, uh, I, as you probably know, really do like Indianapolis the way they can run the football, though I don't know if they're necessarily Super Bowl contenders. I think in the NFC, Green Bay and Tampa are kind of the top of the class. The thing that worries me, I know everybody's saying New England, New England, New England. I don't think they have an outside threat that scares you all over the top. And I think you need that to be a Super Bowl winning team. As great as their defense has been, I think it's 2021 modern day NFL football. I just don't think they have enough weapons to go all the way.
1: Yeah, I would, ag- I would agree with that, especially when you see, like, Kansas City. They have – look at the weapons they have. Tyreek Hill, he can get you 200 yards and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, the AFC is a little more wide open than the NFC. Like, I would agree with you with the NFC. <clears throat> maybe, like, Green Bay, Arizona, um, you know, Tampa. Tampa
0: and that's it, really.
1: Yeah, so you've got those three, but the AFC – I mean, you could put names in a hat and draw one
0: out. Yeah, you're really good. Uh, so, so, so I do want to transition here to the college football aspect of this podcast. Um, first of all, did you agree with with one through four and the seeding, the way it went? Obviously, Bama won Michigan two, Georgia free, Cincinnati four.
1: Yeah, I really didn't have a problem with the top four. Um, you know, Cincinnati, I mean, they had to – We'll we'll be able to see if they're justified coming up, you know, we're going to see if they can play with, you know, the bigger, bigger schools, but I didn't have a problem with the top four. Did you
0: No, I did not. Um, And as you know, as I've been saying on the podcast for weeks and weeks and weeks. My concern was always if Bama lost, Bama would not make it, You know, especially if Ohio State wanted to beat a Michigan or another one of those scenarios would happen. Because I was fighting for, at the time, obviously, before Bama played Georgia in the SEC championship game, it was going to be, well, if, if Bama loses, it would have been a fight between Bama at four and Cincinnati. And I would have fought for Bama because I basically would have said, hey, look, if that's a close game and Bama and Georgia, if it comes down to a field goal, even if Bama has two losses, to me they still have a lot more talent than Cincinnati. Um I'm very interested to see how Cincinnati plays against Bama. I'm surprised the line right now is only at 14 points. I think I take Bama in that scenario. Um I this is why Matt, I'm against expanding the college football playoff because I think you would get a lot more of these scenarios where you you know it's like okay Ohio State and Michigan, let's take this for example, right? Ohio State lost to Michigan. If if the college football playoff expanded to 18, Ohio State would still be number 6 and they would still get in. Because they lost that game to Michigan, that game means so much more to both teams. There's not that sense of of urgency that you saw in that game. And I think that you know a perfect example of that would be something like Alabama and Georgia where Georgia knew, hey, if we lose this game, we're still going to be in the college football club. Alabama said if we lose, we may not be in the playoffs, so I thought they were the more desperate team.
1: Yeah, it definitely, uh, the current scenario definitely gives the uh, a sense of urgency to the regular season. I think the more, I think expansion's coming. I think that they're seeing dollar signs with that, but I hope that they don't overdo it because it does lessen the uh, regular season.
0: Well, and, and that's the thing. And, that you know, I've always talked about this, too, is like when you take a look at a sport, whether it is the National Football League, when they expanded the seven po- teams in the playoffs or they expanded to that 17th game, now you've got college football trying to expand the college football playoff. The more you expand games and the more you expand the playoff, the more room for error you have. And I think it's bad for the sport because – you know, college football is the one sport where you can say the regular season matters. You know, the NBA for these top teams, the regular season usually doesn't matter. You could say the same for baseball because we've seen a lot of wildcard teams win the World Series. Um, I just think college football, the regular season matters so much more than all these other sports. Don't you want to try to maintain that?
1: Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would.
0: Uh, you
1: don't want to cheapen the regular season.
0: So... I, I guess the other scenario would be, you know, when you take a look at all these new coaches coming in, obviously Brian Kelly going to LSU, Lincoln Riley going to USC. Did you have a problem with the way, you know, these coaches left? Or were you okay with them basically walking out the door right before, you know, a potential bowl game because they weren't going to be in a college football playoff?
1: You know, on the surface, I I really didn't like it. But then once you started digging into it, they have that that early signing period to where the NCAA almost forces the coaches to make a move so they can hit the ground running and get recruits. So, I mean, I guess I don't have a problem with it, with the way the NCAA currently forces their hand, but uh, they need to maybe move that early signing period back to like first of the year, you know, something like that to where the coaches can at least get through the season and not have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, and I I think the thing is, and you know, we know obviously that Kent State will be playing Wyoming in the Idaho. It's Idaho Bowl, and we know that there's all these bowl games. But the fact of the matter is the bowl games, you know, they're really fun for the things, but mostly it's about the university getting that money. And so that's why you see, you know, coaches maybe not wanting, you know, leaving early, maybe not wanting to coach in that bowl game or star draft picks not playing in that bowl game. Because if you're not playing in the national championship, it's like, well, what's worth the risk? I might as well just move out now, you know. Um, and I, I think it's going to be good for this sport though. I like Lincoln Riley moving to USC. I think if they were to expand the playoffs, it, you would have to get, you know, everybody from every different region, whether it be the Pac-12, whether it be from, you know, the Midwest, the big uh, SEC. Cause I do think, you know, college football right now, even though they're not in the playoff, it's, you know, Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia, you, know, you can rank them whichever the way you want, but it's like. The Big Ten and the SEC are dominating the sport. And it does, I feel like, need to, hey, can we get a little bit out west? Can we get a little bit out east? Just even it out like the way the NFL does it, you know?
1: Yeah, I think the Lincoln-Riley move, leaving Oklahoma right before they go to the SEC, that wasn't by accident. I mean, who wants to go to the SEC, Mm -hmm. take three, possibly four losses every season? I mean, he got out at the perfect time.
0: Well, and I'll, and I'll tell you what, Oklahoma and Texas, they've never been good at defense. And, you you, you know, they're still going to be in the Big 12 for three years. But once they make that switch, as you see, they're going to have to start recruiting defensive players. And they're already going to be on the likes of, you know, Kirby Smart at Georgia, obviously Saban at Alabama. Now, Brian Kelly at LSU has a leg up on those teams. So, you know, you got Florida in there. You got Auburn in there. You know, Vanderbilt, uh, Kentucky, there's there's all these teams that, you know, rarely get mentioned that are still very good football programs down there. Um, I understand why they did it for the money, but besides that, they're going to have a really tough time, in my opinion, competing in that conference.
1: Yeah, I think think so,
0: too, especially early on. All right, so I I do want to transition here. I want to dive into the Major League Baseball lockout, because as we know, you are a big fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, and the Pirates have not been very good in my lifetime. Um, as a baseball fan, you know, is it when you know your team's gonna be very bad? Because you know, I live in Cleveland, our Cleveland Indians slash Guardians, whatever you want to call them, they've been very good. They've been near playoff level, if not m- more than that, the last decade. So is it hard for you to be like, man here comes another baseball season. Cause you know, you're going to lose close to 90, hundred games a year. Oh, it's, it's terrible.
1: The, the pirates, they, they play the system too. They'll take the, the revenue sharing money mm-hmm. and their entire payroll won't be much more than the revenue sharing money. So, you know, they've just been playing the system for years. You have only three winning seasons and maybe like 35 years. Um, it's tough, especially every year at the trading deadline, you know, Pittsburgh, if they got any talent at all, they're going to give it up to somebody else and play for the future. But mm-hmm. the future never comes in Pittsburgh. You know, I hit a uh, Mark Cuban up on Twitter a couple of times a year asking mm-hmm. him to buy the pirates, somebody that'll, anybody that'll spend money for a winner.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that's, you know, obviously we talk about this all the time. Baseball is the most unfair sport because there is no salary cap. The big market teams can just destroy the small market teams. And I'm scared, Matt, because as we've talked about before, baseball does need a salary for about $100 million. We all acknowledge that. But somebody made a great point to me, and they said, well, if you have a four, you have to have a ceiling. And the big markets are not going to go for it. And I I just feel like we're going to be in a never-ending cycle. And teams like the Pirates, I mean, you guys, until you get an owner that wants to spend money, you're kind of stuck.
1: Yeah, it's it's terrible. Like, they have a beautiful ballpark. I mean, we've been there tons Uh of times. But the difference between Pittsburgh and Cleveland, when Cleveland opened their new stadium, They had a winner ready to go right into that stadium, right? How many hundreds of home sellouts in a row, you know, Pittsburgh thought, you know, hey, you just build it and they will come. Well, you got to have a winner
0: in there. The the novelty of the stadium is going to wear off. And, you, you know, we know that baseball is not a star driven sport like basketball, but you still have to have that star third baseman or that star outfielder, that star starting pitcher here or there just to get somebody excited. And, you know, I know you guys had Fraser, but, you know, at the trade deadline, like you said, you guys ship him off. So it's like you're, you're not enticing anybody to come to that ball ballgame. Um, and I just follow up by saying this. I mean, is that ballpark? Are there like abundance of tickets? I mean, how are tickets sales so there? Can you just go to a game whenever you want?
1: Oh yeah. You could roll up, roll up to the gate and damn near sit about anywhere you want. Cheap mm-hmm. too. Like uh we'll get tickets maybe a couple weeks ahead of time. We'll sit down one of the baselines right. between
0: rows from the field, 30 bucks, something like that. Now you you said the ballpark is 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 beautiful. Um, I guess my next question would be, you know, food wise, aesthetics, entertainment—is that all like up to the fan standard? Is it at least a good time outside of the play? Obviously, when you go to the game.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's beautiful to me. It's the most beautiful ballpark. The only I never thought I would see a ballpark better than at the time Jacobs Field. Right. But with PNC Park, it's just the view in center field and there's no like real upper deck to where when you're sitting so high, you have like no depth perception, but, uh, there's right. not a bad seat in the house. And for the most part, they do do a pretty good job with the pricing. It's not, it's not pricing people out and they right. have you know the creative pricing, like the, all you can eat seats, like out in right field, okay. $35 gets you all you can eat plus your ticket to the game. I mean you can't beat that
0: right so what is it about this this owner for Pittsburgh is it you know is it a Dolan situation in Cleveland where you know a lot of fans are just claiming he's cheap and he won't spend money or is it just he's reserved about the small market I mean why why is he so reluctant to compete
1: I don't know Uh, as a fan I just think he's cheap he just don't want to spend the money he's got successful businesses outside of the pirates where you know the money's there he just doesn't want to spend it and if you go into it knowing that you're not going to spend it sell the team
0: i i agree you know is it because though maybe you guys do have you know the steelers there you have the penguins there does he just realize that the pirates are kind of the third team in the city and no matter how much he spends maybe are people not as big of baseball fans there uh,
1: I would disagree with that because okay, the city's proven like the three winning seasons we had recently, they were packing the ballpark. Right. I mean, the fans were showing up. Okay, uh, and they, they there, were, there was there was faces to the franchise like you had AJ Burnett, you know, a little bit of attitude to him. A- Andrew McCutcheon, you know, they they had a young oh, that was able to play together for a few years, but. You know, that's out the window.
0: How How is the sports talk down there? I mean, when the Pirates are good, are, are people on the local radio talking about them? Is it majority Steelers? You know, like here in Cleveland, it is Browns 365, you know, whether or not they go 0-17 or, you know, 17. No. You know, the, the Indians, I mean, They will talk about them occasionally, but really in order here, you know, it really goes Brown's number one, Cavs number two, and Indians number three, no matter where they're ranked. How is it down there in Pittsburgh? Well, I think they just
1: want a winner. They don't care what the sport, if you you win and spend the money, you know, they'll back you. I mean, they've proven that, but uh, the fans really haven't had much of a chance with the pirates. It's just, when you get beat down so many years in a row with them, just giving away your players. I mean, I think most families at Pittsburgh, "Ah, we'll go to the game. Nice time out for the family, but only go once or twice, you know, maybe only once with the prices. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you have a winner, you got people going multiple times, the season tickets, the, you know, the package deals. But I think the city just wants a winner, no matter what. So, what are your thoughts on MLB Commissioner
0: Rob Manfred? Oh, I don't like him. Okay. <laughs> I don't like him at all. You're 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 same here, man. Um, so are are you a traditionalist when it comes to baseball?
1: I would say for the most part, but I mean, you know, you do have to progress some. Like, I'm not opposed to, you know, the instant replay for, you know, some stuff. I'm not opposed to that, but. Right. Can't stand that seven-inning game and a double header a yep. runner in second. I can't stand any of that.
0: You know, I, I, I don't know if you heard, but when I had on Enzo Orlando about a month ago on the podcast, he mentioned to me he liked the seven-inning double headers because the game went faster. And I pushed back on it and I said, Yes, but you are literally changing the strategy of the whole game. The game essentially starts in the third inning. So your starter may only go, you know, three, four innings. You're basically playing a playoff game. And I understand they had to do it for COVID reasons, which still doesn't make any sense to me because it's two freaking innings. I mean, if you changed it to five innings or four innings, whatever, who cares? He's he's trying to push the sport in a, in a more light kid art young baseball type of way. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not working because you go to a baseball game and these kids, no matter what are on their phones, not even paying attention to the game. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't like, it changes a strategy. I don't like the seven inning game at all. And, uh, it, it does change the game a lot. And I think that Major League Baseball, if they want to shorten stuff up, shorten the overall
0: season. I agree with that too. And I I have pitched to many people. I know a lot of people have said a hundred game season. They feel like it's a little bit too short. My pushback on that was, Okay, but you can go in Memorial Day weekend. You can say, hey, it, it could be a huge marketing tool. If you start Memorial Day weekend. You say, listen, we know the NBA players are wrapping up. Enough. We know the NHL players are wrapping up. Enough. Summer is starting. We are back to baseball. And you could push that every single year like the NFL pushes. Fall is here. Football is here.
1: Right. I mean, I don't know about 100 games, but... I would say at least cut it down to 140, 135, maybe. Right. Well, well my thought
0: is, see, if, if you cut it down only a month, I'm thinking more from a marketing perspective, because how, I mean, I guess you could say maybe start of May, maybe like the first of May is, is opening day. My thought was maybe you wait one more month because then, you know, we know the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs are over mid June. You have that through mid June, July, and pretty much all August all to yourself.
1: Right. I mean, I would agree with May because when it starts now, it's snowing in games. It's rain oh, yeah. out. It's a, and they don't seem to really adjust the schedule for that, like have teams playing more out west or down south. They no. put them right there. It'll be snowing in Cleveland or snowing in Pittsburgh
0: first week of the season. The other thing that baseball doesn't think about, and this kind of by all oh, that, is their schedule. I mean, they released the schedule for the next year in September. The NFL, obviously, has a whole schedule show, where in baseball, you know, they may put a Giants-Dodgers game on a Tuesday night in the middle of May. And it's like, why don't you advertise these games?
1: Right. It seems like MLB is their own worst enemy with not only the scheduling, but the uh, marketing in general. I mean, they, they do a bad job of marketing some of the younger players.
0: It's it's crazy. You know, like, I'm, I'm a big gamer. And I, I play MLB The Show. And, like, a lot of these superstars, you know, like this Soto out in D.C. or even your guy, you know, Frazier in Pittsburgh. I was like, oh, you know, take a look at his overall in the video game. You're like, damn, he's a 90 overall. He's pretty good. Why have I never heard of this guy?
1: Right. Oh, yeah. If you got a good player on that game from Pittsburgh, you better – you better hold on to that game because they're not there the next year.
0: <laughs> um, so you know, I, I guess to kind of conclude here about baseball, what do you think we start the season on time?
1: I don't know. Um, Manfred seems like he's dug in on some issues, but I'd love to see it start on time because we're supposed to try and maybe take a road trip out to la and maybe you see the a dodgers game out there awesome um i don't know i'd love to see it start on time but then again mlb is their own worst enemy i mean they're having if they're having trouble drawing fans anyways what's the worst thing for that a work stoppage
0: yep and you know we all know about what happened in 94 and 95 and i have said there is no excuse for this season not to start on time uh, I think that they have to get some things worked out with money. I think they have to get some things worked out with scheduling. The one thing I, I'm worried about is, you know, we've talked about these issues that need to be resolved. I do think the extra inning issue will be resolved. I think the seven inning doubleheader issue will be resolved. I'm worried about if they talk about this salary for, if they talk about, you know, reducing games, they're not, it's going to be a back and forth fight between the players and the owners because it's all about the bottom line.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, that's where the shortening of schedule comes in because that's you know that's owner revenue. You know that they don't want to give that up, and if, wow. if you do give it up, where are they going to make it up on the back end? Because they never
0: shortchange themselves. Well, this is what I've said: if you can make it up, and I I think one of the ways that they're going to make it up, and I don't want to see this happen either, Matt. But I think they're going to expand the postseason. I think it's going to be. You know, uh, NFL type, you may get 12 to 14 teams in the playoffs. And again, as we talked about with the NFL, it's going to lessen the importance of the regular season. You know, think about that race at the end of the last season, the American League East with the Red Sox, the Yankees, and Blue Jays. Toronto didn't make it. You know, if you have an expanded postseason, maybe Toronto's not fighting as hard. So, you know, who who knows? Uh, the only change I'd like to see in the
1: postseason is that, that wild card i'd like to see that be instead of just a one game play in maybe make that like a like a three game series yep
0: you know and and i would make it i think the home team should get all three games if you like an extra series you know the home team gets all three games you can do best two out of three because i think if you do one 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 it's too much travel it's gonna be ridiculous you know so i think if you give the home team the free game advantage Winner gets two out of three, you get the day off and then you play. I, I absolutely agree. But I, like I just said, I'm, I'm nervous. They're going to do the format where the three division winners play three wild cards like they did in the COVID and it's, it's just going to be a mess. I would like to
1: see the teams that get into the playoffs be a change there because of the race last year with the Dodgers and the giants, you know, You had the Dodgers winning, what, 107 games, I think, and they had to do a play-in game. I mean – Maybe go with the best records, maybe give that a sense of urgency? See,
0: I don't know. I, I like the incentive of, of winning your division. I think it was just a weird year where the Dodgers and Giants, which is two best teams, they happen to be in the same division. It doesn't right. happen like that every single year. You know, we see this in the NBA. Obviously, you talk about the NBA is based off conference, but it basically eliminates the importance of your division. I think football does a really good job at that by making sure that, you know, no matter what the record is, you win your division, you get a home playoff game. I like that baseball does the same. Yeah, I could see that. All right, buddy. Well, well we got to wrap things up here. I'm going to want you to go ahead and shout out your social media stuff real quick. Oh, I'm just on
1: Twitter at Matt underscore Hathaway.
0: All right, gotcha, buddy. Well, man, Matt, thank you so much. It's been a long time coming for us to finally sit down. You've been a fan of mine ever since my career started at Bunch Radio. So thank you, man, as always, for, for supporting the show, and I hope to bring you on again.
1: All righty, no problem. Go Flashes.
0: All right, thanks, Matt. We will be back here tomorrow bringing down all things week number 14 of the National Football League. Make sure you check that out. And again, thank you to Matt. We'll see you guys then. Peace.